Well, I open up in this book of Philippians together. We're still in Philippians chapter one. I want to open up with this thought. I know it's cold outside and it's freezing and you walk outside, you're, you're afraid to slip, right? You walk out and you're being careful where you're walking. You're, you're being very uh, engaged in where you're going and you don't want to fall. You, you want to have a firm foundation. You want to have a firm standing, a firm foothold of where you're going. You know, when it snows here, I know it's Texas, it doesn't snow very often, but when it does snow, you can tell where people have walked. You can see the footprints, right, deep into the snow, and you can see uh, where they've walked. And if you're smart, and, it, and it, you'll, you'll put your foot actually in the footsteps of where they have walked so you don't fall because they've already made a way for you to go. And Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, is telling the Philippian church to follow Christ, to follow Christ, just to put your feet in the very footsteps of where Christ has led us. And I want to open up with that thought today, man. Are you really walking with Christ? Are you walking uh, next to him? Are you walking in line with his steps? Are you putting your feet in the same footsteps as Christ? Paul is reminding the church of Philippians under immense persecution, under all kinds of pressure to stand firm, to remember what Christ has done and what Christ has been through. And Paul himself writes this letter in prison. So we're just going to open up the Word of God today. And so if you have your Bibles, you can open it up to this right here. It's Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. We're going to, op- we're going to start with this passage. And Paul's reminding people, he says, And now I want you to know, because Paul's in prison right now, and he's writing to the church to let them know how he's doing. He goes, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in change because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers have, here have gained confidence and boldly speaks God's message without fear. I want to I focus on something here that, that Paul is telling us. He goes, for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in change because of Christ. And then, and then he goes back and says that, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. I want you to know out of this passage, this is what Paul's saying, that you think that things are bad. You think that, that God has forgotten you. You think that God has placed you in a place where you cannot be effective. But Paul's saying, I'm in prison, but I'm being effective where I'm at. I'm making the most of where God has placed me. And when Paul talks about this word here, when he says it happens, what everything that has happened to me here, the here part is not in any other translation but the New Living Translation. So it's really a poor translation. It's, it's really talking about all the things that have led up to that point. His shipwreck, where he was uh, shipwrecked. Um, his uh, beatings that, he's, that he took. The stonings that he was uh, put under. The, being cast out of town. All the riots that Paul has been in. This whole time, from the first part of where he came to the Philippian church and launched it at church, 10 years later, he's writing this letter. He's saying, all this stuff that's happened to me with this 10 years has actually not hindered the gospel, but it's actually propelled the gospel. So what's that mean for me and you? What that means for me and you is that when we go through hard times, when we go through things and we struggle and we, we bump up against circumstances that we think are going to take us out, God uses those things to actually bring glory to himself. I mean, think about this. Paul is sitting in house arrest. He's, he's sitting in jail but these guards, not only just regular guards, the Praetorian guards, which are actually part of 
uh, of Caesar's royal guards. And they're guarding Paul. And Paul is able to speak the gospel to the house of Caesar. Isn't that an amazing opportunity that God brought through all these outlying circumstances? And I want you and me to really think about, man, where has God placed me now? It may be a hard place. It may be a place that we're not really feeling like we're being effective But where has God placed us in this moment, and what does he want us to do with where we are? Because here's one thing I know about God, that he uses everything for his glory. That there's nothing that happens to us that he cannot use to glorify himself and to bring other people to faith. And then Paul continues to talk about his, his, uh, his time in prison and that it has actually worked to embolden other people, meaning that they see his suffering. They see that he's in prison. They're like, you know what? Paul isn't keeping the gospel to himself. He's not sitting back in prison saying, oh, oh man, I'm in prison. I'm not useful. I don't know what to do. Oh, woe is me. Woe is me. Paul's actually using that as a platform to preach the gospel. And so it encourages these other believers where Paul's at in prison to stand up and to preach the gospel. And then Paul continues this thought and he says, man, it's true that some of you are preaching, some of these people are preaching that stood up and preached. They're preaching out of jealousy or rivalry, but others preach Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I've been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. I love, I love Paul's attitude on this. None of that matters. Whether the motives are pure or whether they're genuine or false, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So this is his thing. I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. Notice that Paul says, I'm going to choose to rejoice that the gospel is going out. I'm not going to worry about why these other people are doing it. I'm going to let God judge them. I'm going to let God uh, determine their motives. But either way, the gospel is going forward. And Christ, the one who I love, is being magnified. And then he says, because of this, I know that as you pray for me, he's talking to the Philippian church, and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me as he helps me. This will lead me to my deliverance. Do you know that every circumstance in your life is an opportunity for God to do a miracle. Did you know that? That everything that you bump up against in your life, good, bad, indifferent, everything in your life is a circumstance, not to take you out or put you down, but it's an opportunity for God to do a miracle. You know, every test that we go through determines our testimony. And I want you to know the greater the test in your life, the greater the testimony will be. The greater the test in your life, the greater the testimony that you will have. And we don't want to go through hard tests. We don't want to go through things in our life that that are difficult. We don't want to be like Paul and be stuck in prison for just preaching the gospel. But I want you to know that that was a powerful testimony to those roaming guards. He said, man, it is no secret why I'm here. Everybody in this town knows that I'm here because I was simply preaching the gospel. They know about me. They know why I'm here. And, and because of that, the gospel is being propelled further. What was meant to hinder the gospel has actually accelerated the gospel even more. I mean, think about where we're at today with COVID. When it hit, man, all the churches shut down. Like we, we had to go to offsite. 
And these churches had to scramble to go online to get the gospel out to the people of the church. And because of this thing that seemed to want to hinder the church, because, you know, when this thing hit, pastors like, what are we going to do? I don't know if we're going to survive. I don't know if our church is going to be around. How are we going to do this thing now that the way we do things has been interrupted? But you can see now what God has done through all of this, man. It's been an amazing adventure. You, you can't go anywhere without seeing a live stream of a church. You go to YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. It don't matter where you're at. The gospel is in each and every one of those avenues now because of the difficulty of this season. Man, I want you to know that when things happen to you, things you just don't understand, you need to look up and say, God, what are you doing in this time right now? What are you doing in this situation right now? We need to have the same attitude as Paul and say, man, it doesn't matter what happens to me. God is being glorified in this. God is, is being brought to attention to the people through my pain, through my suffering. God is being brought into the picture. And so I want you to know that the test you're going through, God's going to lead you through that. And when he does, you're going to stand on the other side of that with a huge testimony about Jesus and his faithfulness to you. And Paul in that prison, he produces actually more there than, than he would. Most of the letters you see in the New Testament to the churches he wrote while in prison. The one we're learning right now, the one we're studying right now, this wisdom of Paul is because he was in prison and he had this, he, he actually used this to say, man, this is what I'm going through, but it's for God's glory. This is painful, but I, it doesn't matter because it's for Jesus Jesus had to go through a lot of things, and Jesus stood victorious, and I'm going to stand victorious as well. And I love this passage from Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Now, this is a passage from uh, Joseph was actually brought into Egypt. If you know anything about the Bible or heard the story of Joseph and his brothers, Joseph was thrown into a cistern, and they uh, and some People came by and his brother sold Joseph into slavery into Egypt. And so while Joseph was in Egypt, he had some really bad things happen to him. It was like one thing right after another. He was, in, he was a slave in Potiphar's household and his, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him and she lied about it. So he got thrown in jail. He got thrown in prison and he stood in prison for years and years and years, thought he was forgotten. But then Pharaoh, through a series of events, heard about Joseph being in there because he could determine dreams. And so Joseph comes and tells Pharaoh one of his dreams and tells him the vision, what God's going to do through it. And then through all that situation, through the seven years of famine and seven years of harvest time, Joseph actually rises to be second in Egypt. And Joseph, at, at this time, his brothers come back to Egypt to get food because there's a great famine going on. And Joseph stares at his brothers. He had an opportunity here. He could be mad at his brothers, he could get back at them, and he could say, I'm going to throw you in prison, I'm going to throw you in a cistern, I'm going to do the same thing that you did to me, because you hurt me. But Joseph saw things through the eyes and the lens of Christ, of God, the one he served. And he said, no, 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 guys, look, you meant to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Guys, I want you to know that, you know, we go through so many things in our life that we don't understand. We have hardships that we didn't even cause on our own. Like Joseph, 
I mean, yeah, he was a little brat, but besides that, they, you know, he, did, he, did, he didn't be asked to throw into the cistern and to be, to be taken as a slave. There's things that happen to us in this life that we can't understand why they happen. And I'm not saying that God causes those things to happen, but I am saying that God can use those things to save many lives. God can use us to save many lives. The, all the things that Paul went through, all the beatings and the stonings and the riots that he was <laughs> caught up in and being pushed out of town and all the things that he suffered, he suffered knowing that it was producing something good. It was producing salvation for other people because they were seeing God's, they were seeing Paul's faith being lived out through Paul. Paul's saying this, it doesn't matter what happens to me, something better. I look forward to something better. And he continues this in verse 20. And he says this, for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And he says, nothing's going to shut me up or shut me down. I'm going to continue to be bold. And this is why I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or if I die. Man, that's a great attitude, right? It doesn't matter if I live or die. I know that I'm going to live for Christ. I want to bring honor to Christ in my living or in my dying. And he says this, this is one of the the great speeches is one of the most quotable verses of, of scripture that we see here. And he says, for to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. That's a new living translation. Other translations simply say this, to live is Christ, to die is gain. The Hebrew, the, in, in the Greek, there is no is. It's just to live Christ, to die, gain. To live Christ, to die is gain. Paul's saying, it's a win-win. It doesn't matter what happens to me on this earth. If I'm going to live, I'm going to continue to be fruitful. He continues to say that. He says, I'm torn between the two because if I live, I can do more for Christ. I can tell more people about the gospel. I get to honor Christ in my living. And then he says, for dying, it's even better because of that. If I live, I do work for Christ. So really, I don't know which is better because I'm torn between these two desires and he continues to say here in verse 23, I long to go and to be with Christ, which would be a far better for me, but for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced. Are you convinced? I'm convinced that I will remain alive so that I can continue to, all, to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Paul is reminding the Philippian church, the church that he loves so much. We talked about that last week, how they had a special place in Paul's heart. And these people are probably wringing their hands and they're worried about what's going on with Paul. They're probably asking their brothers and sisters, man, how is Paul? What's Paul doing? Is he, is he still stuck in jail? Are they treating him well? And Paul's like, don't worry about me. All of this is to bring glory to God. Don't worry about where I am. He goes, if I live, praise God. If I die, Praise God. There is, no, there is no bad scenario in this. He's saying to live is to live as Christ. He's saying as I live, I'm going to put my feet in the same footpath as my Lord Jesus. I'm going to follow him. I'm not going to let anything get in the way. I'm not going to let anything push me down. I have a firm footing because I'm following my Lord and Savior. To die is to be present with my Lord. 
And so think of it this way. As you're following Christ, you're, you're, you're looking down and you're looking at the path ahead of you, the, 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 the trail that Christ has actually blazed for you. Like these footprints in the sand or these footprints in the snow, you can see exactly where Christ has walked. And as you step out in faith every day, because every day is a faith journey, every day is a faith step. As you step out, in, it's, as you step out you're, you're fitting your feet in the same path that Christ has blazed for us. And it's leading us straight to the Father. That's the beauty of following Jesus. So we should expect, just like Paul, to go through hard things. We should expect, just like Christ, to, to, for, for people to, to come up against us, to be under attack by the enemy, by Satan who hates us so much. We should expect hard times. And Jesus said this, you're going to have troubles in this world, but take heart. Why? Because he has overcome the world. We're on the winning side. We don't have to worry. We know that, man, when we, our, our, our citizenship is not here on this earth. It's actually in the heaven with God. God is making a place for us as believers. And so what can happen to us on this earth? But while we're here, we have a purpose. While we're here, God has asked us to do something. And so we don't long, we do not long to die just to escape the things of this earth, but we, we wait to die so that we would be present with the Father. It, it's, it's, it's something we, that, we, that we hold on to. We don't want to die to escape the pain of this life, but rather to be present with Christ. I, I've, I started watching um, Star Trek the, Picard. <laughs> I've been watching this on TV. I'm a tricky, so I, you know, I love Star Trek, and I've, I've been watching Picard. And he gets to this point in this, in this new miniseries. Uh, he's old and he's sitting at his chateau and he's retired and he's thinking about all the things that he's done in the past and he's having all these regrets. And he looks, he's looking back on his life and, it, and those regrets have kept him from moving forward. And under a bunch of circumstances, he gets to this point in his life where he's looking and he has a choice. He says, I can either, he, he can basically live in the regrets of the past or he can move forward in the future and, and try to do something while he's still alive. And he says these words, and it really stuck out to me while I watched this miniseries. He said this, I haven't been living. I've been waiting around to die. And I'm like, man, that's good. So many of us haven't been living. We've been just been waiting around to die. We haven't been living on purpose. We haven't, been, we haven't been living on purpose. We should live on purpose. Like, I know what I'm doing. God has sent me here for a reason. Yeah, sure, we're, we're fathers and we're mothers and we're sons and daughters and we're people uh, and families and we're communities and, and we have these jobs here on this earth, but God has also placed us here to spread his love and the gospel and to make a difference in the community. Do you live on purpose? Do you wake up in the morning and know that you have a purpose? Do you, do you understand that God has built you for purpose? And not only that, do you die with purpose? I don't mean like martyrdom, but I'm just saying when you, when you pass from this world, are you, are you dying knowing that you're going to be with God? That, that when you die, that you're not, you're not just fading away, but you're actually stepping into eternity with your heavenly Father. That's dying with a purpose. Yeah, we, don't, we don't live for this world. We live for another world. 
And that should spur us on to, to come up against anything that comes up against us. And Christian, if you want to come up, I'm going to uh, play a song here in a minute from Christian. But I want to close with this. In this verse 27, that Paul reminds the church in Philippi, he says this, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am I absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened at anything of your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, do you get this? You should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Do you get that? But also suffer for his sake. Engaged, I love this language, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. You see, Paul is using this analogy that, man, we, we're standing in the very foothold of God. We're standing in the very footprints of our Lord and Savior. We're walking with him. We're following him. And we should expect nothing less than what's happened to Christ. Man, we should approach every moment of our life. We should, we should approach every setback and every day like this, putting my feet where Jesus' feet were. I'm not talking about walking around in Jerusalem. I'm talking about walking the same path that he walked, loving people that hated him, serving those that didn't like him, spreading the gospel wherever he went, being the hands and the feet of God. And, and this is what Jesus is doing. He's leading me straight to the Father and to himself. I don't know about you, but when I get to that point in my life, when I pass from this earth to the next life, I want to die with purpose. I want to die with purpose, knowing that, man, I serve Christ well on this earth. That, that Christ was made known through my life. I didn't live for myself, but I lived for Jesus. It's walking that narrow path to the Father. And I've asked Christian to sing a song for us. It's a song that he wrote. And I'm going to just kind of let him share the story of the song, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. About how he wrote it. It's a beautiful song. And it's funny, while we're writing, we're talking about this message together. I said, you know... There's a song that someone wrote that I think would really go with this song. And, and I, you know, I've heard this song years ago that he put together and produced. And I was like, it's a beautiful song. And so I'm just going to let him share kind of the story of the song to you guys. Let him minister to you through this song. And then we're going to close uh, with a challenge. And then uh, let's go from there. All right, Christian. Go All ahead, right. Sir. All right, I'm going to try to share this and play the piano at the same time. <laughs> Um, basically I was kind of sitting in the back and, uh, Neil had asked me about this song and people always would ask me, you know, how did, how did this song come about? And to be honest, I was a little afraid to tell them what really happened and because it's not pretty and it's not, um, it didn't start out well. Basically I wrote this song in all honesty, uh, after a night out and I was drinking and I got drunk and honestly drove home while I was in that state and I I got home and I was feeling the conviction of the Lord 
uh, convicting me about the lifestyle that I was living. Um, and I was just kind of hanging out with friends, having fun, uh, or what I thought was fun, but it just never really satisfied. And so this song, I literally that morning sat down with a headache, <laughs> um, hung over. And so I told you it's not pretty, but I sat down at the piano, hung over, and the Lord gave me this entire song in one setting. It's the only time I've ever written a song that just all at once came to me. I didn't have to sit there and think about it. It just came um, from that verse in the Bible that talks about, uh, you know, narrow is the, is the path that leads to life. And, and I just started thinking about that. And I was like, Lord, I just want to, I just want to go the direction that you've gone. I want to just walk in your path. I want to, I want to say what you say, and I want to love how you love. And so this song kind of came out of that. And, uh, by the grace of God that he would give me such a song in that state, but that's how he is. He, um, he's not finished with us yet. That's, we sang that last Sunday. Um, and, you know, no matter what you've done or no matter how far you may feel from the Lord, he's not finished with you. Um, and you can turn it around and walk in the, the direction that he walked. All you got to do is take one step at a time and follow him and, uh, and he'll light your way and uh, he'll be right there with you. So hopefully this song will minister to you and bless you. But that ladder, it leads. 
back down where the humble and broken are found and when he turns it upside down down is up and up is down and I want to walk I want to walk the narrow way and I want to say say what you'd say And I want to love I want to love the same way Till everything I do is a reflection of you I will follow the path you've laid along the your life when you find yourself against a circumstance and you're not sure what to do. You're not sure where to go. And in those moments, all you can do is find that place where Christ has stepped and follow him and keep your eyes on Jesus because he's going to lead you to the place that's life. Around us is death, but Jesus is life. And today, man, I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. He took your place on the cross. Your sins are forgiven. Your guilt and your shame are washed clean. You now stand before God, righteous and clean through Christ's work on the cross. To live is to follow Christ. To die is to be with him. What a glorious thing. For us as believers, we're in a win-win. <laughs> we're
we're stuck between choosing between the two. But I'm telling you, choose Christ. Choose Jesus. It's the best decision you'll ever do. It's the greatest adventure you'll ever take. Just follow him today. Find life that is true life. Don't just wait around to die, but choose to live. Choose Jesus today. And so if that's you today and you want to give your life to Christ and you want us to help you do that, we want to pray with you. We want to help you. We want to just answer any questions that you have. And so here's the best way that you can do that. Uh, wherever you're watching on, if it's YouTube or Facebook or on our, on our website, just contact us wherever you're at. If you're on YouTube, just chat. Message us. If you're on Facebook, message us on Facebook. Type it in the chat. If you're on our website, there's a place where you can fill out a contact form on there. Just let us know what Christ has done in your life today. We love you and we thank you for being with us today. God is good. Follow him. That's all you got to do. It's that simple. It's so hard to do. Just put one foot in front of the other. Put your feet in the tracks that he's already made. I love that song that Christian wrote. It's beautiful. And it's good and encouragement for all of us. So God bless you guys today. Thank you for joining us. Stay warm. And we'll see you next Sunday at 1030.